Welcome to another episode of CX Talks. Hello everyone, I'm Tom Carpenter and I'm here with Lawrence Alfred. Uh, Today we're going to be talking to you about an article that we've recently read entitled Bad Healthcare UX is Killing People. And we've got that from medium.com and it's been written by a Dr. Giles Morrison. So you might think by that title, bad healthcare UX is killing people. You might jump to the fact that we have doctors, surgeons, nurses, pharmacists using a IT application with a poorly designed UI and therefore they make mistakes. And ultimately that results in a loss of life at some point. Now, while I'm sure that that is true, um, Dr. Giles Morrison here actually raises a really fascinating point, which I think applies much more widely than just in healthcare, that it's not just about designing solutions around the users and actually the impact of a technology solution, or to be honest, any solution at all, is much wider than just the people who actually use it, the users. It, it goes out to all people impacted or affected. Now, we see that quite readily, obviously, Lawrence, in customer experience projects more widely but there's a more interesting connotation of that which is to the employee experience itself but before we get on to that a bit too much I think it's worth having a discussion about the difference between user experience and uh, the wider kind of people employee experience what what were your thoughts been on that uh, so for me user experience is derived from UI, right? So it's the way that they interact with the system, in this case, kind of patient record systems or some form of healthcare system. It's the flows. um, It's the navigation of sites. Is it easy? Is it complicated? Does it need to be, you know, more complicated, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it's quite, I see that as quite a system-based aspect of general customer experience. Customer experience I see that to be generally wider. So that's not specifically in relation to, you know, how a person might navigate through a site, but in their complete interaction with that product, with that service, whatever, um, across the life cycle, not necessarily related to the time that they're in that system and being involved. What do you think, Tom? Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I certainly think so from the user experience side of things. And I think it gets interesting where you think about the people experience and how... There's a stat in this article, actually, which is one in 10 hospitalizations are from medical errors. Now, if you solved for a solution and you just thought about the user experience, you wouldn't be thinking about that wider context. If people are making mistakes across the hospital and that's resulting in, or across the surgeries and practices, and that's resulting in more people having to make hospital visits. So if you designed, if you thought about it from a people experience perspective and not a user experience perspective, then you would design a solution that considered all of those people in the hospital and any potential errors, and therefore the solution would help to reduce that count. So I think that's a very stark realisation of how thinking about people experience rather than user experience completely changes your mindset in designing a solution. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. So I think anyone who's kind of worked with CX-based you know, people, that well, actually... Most organizations are some, have some kind of customer centricity or focus at the minute. So all of the focus is on um, how do we make it best for the customer or the end user specifically. But as you say, Tom, um, how much thinking is done in, re- in relation to the people around the end user who are impacted by it. So some of the examples I gave is it might be a great idea um, or a business might, or rather a customer might um, 
personally really enjoy speaking to a customer service agent. They want to have a deeply personal interaction with an organization. So what does the company do? They say, great, we're going to get, we're going to get people to um, call in, chat through their problems. They want to speak to someone. Now, interestingly, that customer service agent, they might get an influx of twice or three times the amount of calls or whatever, and then might not even be able to provide the same level of service and can actually detract from CX generally anyway. So I, I personally have had the experience of let's design something which is un- unbelievable for the customer. But in terms of you know the employees, you say, the people who are surrounded by the customer, family, colleagues, whatever, I, I, I personally, and I'm, I fall foul of this myself, I, I don't think that I've really thought about that a huge amount. Is that something which you've kind of thought about, Tom? Mm, probably not as much as I should, Lawrence, I think, because it's a really interesting point, because in deteriorating effectively they're the employee experience, so they've got a higher work rate, that has a knock-on impact to the customer experience, as you've said in that scenario. So although you think you've improved the customer experience, actually you have not. So yeah, considering the employee in that sense uh, experience side of things is absolutely critical in delivering the the end experience. Um, and I think we've um, we've been playing around in some of our recent work with a voice of the employee, which is a little bit different than looking at the internal processes because by looking at or thinking about how the employee perceives an interaction with a customer how they think they could help and also recognizing that even if somebody thinks they have absolutely no interaction with the customer whatsoever um, let's say for example Simon our marketing manager might think he doesn't have any interaction with his clients but just coming and representing uh, Clarice's as an organization um, when we're recording podcasts like this and doing our marketing activity has an impact like everyone has an impact to their the client or the customer's perception of you in a b2b or b2c environment so having that kind of voice of the employee and understanding how they perceive it and also getting them brought into the fact that they make a big difference ups your game in terms of cx transformation it's not just about is that button in the right place anymore it's about the whole interaction being better mm, i mean and it's an interesting one so i mean the example which has just come to me is is if you look at the gaming industry so this is, let's say, a, a kind of a, a B2C organization, um, industry, right? They want to sell FIFA, COD, whatever, or they w- other, other brands are available. <laughs> uh, they want to sell um, games to kids, right? So they consider what does the kid want? What do they want to play on? How do they want to compete online, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what they might not consider is what the parents' view of the games is that they are playing is, right? So... Parents might veto, veto certain elements of the games. They might not want their kids playing on certain games. Certain games might be too violent. They might not like it. But an interesting hypothesis really is to what extent do those sorts of organizations consider the role of parents and peers, etc., when they're uh, designing the games and when they're designing, you know, even what it looks like or what it's called um, when they go to market, really. It's an interesting one. I think that is a really good example, yeah, of even... That's probably even more detracted than the customer service agent employee experience example as well you're right they're more ancillary uh, i guess customers of your games like they're not the ones using it they're not the ones mm-hmm. potentially buying, buying it, it yeah. but they're they are going to impact how well it's received or whether the game is used and then whether they re- you repurchase fifa 21 well, yeah. or whatever the next version in the series is <laughs> um so the, i mean the interesting question probably our listeners are thinking now is well that's all well and good but how on earth do I go about doing that and that's where user-centered design and one of my favorite topics the double diamond comes into real effect so allowing yourself the creative thought to think about how what you're designing or the the need you're trying to meet 
could be more broadly impactful or impacted by different users or different people that you wouldn't have thought about. Um, so a key element of the user-centered design is actually people-centered design, not just user-centered design, and thinking about the broader who's been uh, involved, how they've been involved, and how whatever changes you make could be positively or negatively uh, impacting their experience of the products or the use of your products or services. Well, that's all well and good, Tom, but I would challenge you on one of those things. So if I'm an executive, I'm a paying executive, and every week has cost me a lot of money, why would I, if I don't understand what the role or the, the benefit of taking time to have divergent thinking and taking time to think about what the people surrounding the customer and how they might that might impact the design why would I buy into that if I don't really understand it is what would you recommend in that space yeah I think that's the power of a kind of design thinking approach where you also use a kind of innovative delivery model so you're not going to go away into a room and do blue sky thinking come up with this great thing spend loads of money you're going to think of one thing you can solve prove that it's it's valuable so let's say we have a customer focus group we're doing the design thinking with the real customers um, and ancillary customers to prove it so all we need to do is convince our uh, our board to, to give us a little bit of money to be able to do a first iteration to prove the case that the customers, or more broadly, let's say in your scenario here, the parents of the customers um, have that perception and we've considered it and therefore that will increase the propensity for them to repurchase the same products. So we could prove that through the design phase effectively. And something which uh, many uh, clients of ours often come to us with is hypotheses of things that they think may or may not apply and we can prove that right or wrong but also provide a whole raft of other kind of benefits or other things that they haven't thought about as part of that so my answer to you is at some point you're going to have to get someone to give you a little bit of money to do this stuff the main thing is get enough that you can prove something and i'll put a tom carpenter guarantee that if you do that in the right way the board will be shocked by what you've learned and what customers in in your scenario here the parents are saying that they wouldn't have said before based on the solution you come up with as a result of those conversations and once you get it going once then you're just iteratively going through this design process now coming up with new things to improve new aspects you didn't think about now obviously that can be a bit fragmented so one really important thing here is before you start doing that stuff you do have a, a good high level understanding of the key kind of customer journey and the touch points that go alongside that and then you can overlay these kind of more detailed design elements into that so let's say the solution to your parent problem is you build in parental controls into the product but you're aware of that because you've spoken to the parents and you know it so that's a new touch point effectively that you've discovered so you're gradually building a richer and richer peer uh, kind of viewpoint on the customer journey, a richer picture of the customer journey as you go. This article has triggered kind of great conversation between us here about the importance of thinking of people and thinking of the employees uh, and, and not just the users. So really interesting article and thank you to uh, Dr. Giles Morrison for, uh, for posting that for our enjoyment. Thank you listeners for listening and we look forward to welcoming you on another episode of CX Talks.